We live in a world that is controlled by the calendar and a clock. And uh, the Lord help us in the last few years, it's become controlled by a cell phone. I remember a time when we used to slip out of town and go somewhere when we were pastoring in Minnesota. <clears throat> we used to take our motor home and go to one of the lakes, 10,000 lakes in Minnesota. For those of you that love to fish, you know, you could have a great time. But uh, I'd tell one person who I were, where I was going to be, how they could get a hold of me, and nobody else knew but that day came when I got a cell phone, and everybody knew, and you never was away then. But uh, our lives live around planning, and we always, and uh, I can't criticize anyone because I'm very much into planning my day. I like to know how things are going to come together, and uh, I like to plan. In fact, sometimes I drive my wife crazy with my planning because uh, we're driving down the road and uh, we see a road sign and it says a certain town so many miles <laughs> and uh, I do a little calculating and I tell her at such and such a time we'll be in such and such a place and uh, she says what difference does it matter we'll be there when we get there but uh, uh, I kind of like to know and I like to put things together and I don't I don't like a lot of surprises but in all of our planning what have we done with God in our plans those that I read to you of today I'd like to just share a little bit about them the first one said I bought a piece of ground and I've got to go see it there's something about the attraction of owning things that captured his attention. He, he bought something and he wanted to go and look uh, at what he bought. Uh, if we are not careful, we can be critical of these people. Uh, it's easy to do so. But if we're not careful, uh, we can get caught up in what we own and what we have uh, and how important it is to us. Uh, you see, we like to possess things uh, and we like to feel like we have this, and uh, we have something that is unique to us, uh, or it fulfills our life. Uh, and I don't understand totally why this man thought uh, he had to go look at his land at this particular time. Uh, but you see, it became more important to him uh, than it was uh, to go to the supper that the master uh, had prepared. Uh, oh, God help me uh, that things uh, never become so important to me uh, that I lay aside the things of God uh, and I fail to put God first in my life. Or you see, God will not accept any other position than first in our life. You see, he was so happy with what he had bought. 
I've got to go and just walk through it and see it and just congratulate and pat myself on the back because I was able to buy this. Hey, we need to understand things don't mean a lot, really. We go and buy something, and just about a year it's worn out, and it's ready to be done away with, and we're looking for something else to buy. And if we're not careful, we can get so caught up in those things, we don't have time for the things of God. Oh, yes, we're there on Sunday morning. We're back on Sunday night and Wednesday night. But what do I do the rest of the week? Where are you, God? Am I really involved in the plan that God has for my life? See, I believe God has a plan for every one of us. I don't believe it's by chance that things come your way or things happen. But I believe if we'll stay sensitive, uh, God wants to give us direction. uh, And God wants to use you uh, all through the week. uh, And God has a direction for you. uh, But you see, I found out a long time ago, uh, you can't just fit God in, uh, in the midst uh, of what you want to do. uh, But you got to seek Him first. Uh, you got to say, God, uh, I want your will. I want your plan. I want the mind of God. And then I'll get around to all of these other things. But no, I got to go see what I just bought. You know, I got to go try out this new boat. And it's not wrong for you to have a boat, especially if you'd invite me sometime to go with you. Sometimes we use such frivolous excuses to not be involved in the things of God. And I just got to do this, and uh, I've got to enjoy this. And, uh, you know, I had someone tell me one time, and I was trying to encourage him to be faithful. And uh, they said, well, you know, Brother Alexander, uh, I work all week long, uh, and it's just Saturday and Sunday. Uh, that's the only two days that I have off. And uh, I just want to have a little fun in life. Uh, I want to enjoy it a little bit. Uh, and I said, uh, Can't you understand that if you really get involved with God, you can enjoy that more than anything else. But you see, they had their minds set on what I can have and the toys that I can be involved with and what I can do and what I can do to make me feel good. Oh, the pleasure of increasing one's wealth. I was able to add to this. And, uh, oh, you know, sometimes people get so caught up uh, in what they can have and what they can own. And, uh, you know, what I found out, people are talking about wanting to get a raise on their job. And uh, almost every time everybody got a raise, within 30 days they never knew they got it. Because they'd already moved up their level of spending. 
So really, what difference did it make? Say, oh, brother Zender, you're, 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 you're way out. But stop and think about it. On the job, the last time you got a raise, you know, wasn't but just a little while. You, you still had the $5 left over that you had the before because you'd already decided how you was going to, in fact, a lot of people decide how they're going to spend it as soon as they find out they're going to get it. They've already got it spent uh, before it ever comes to them. Uh, but you see, we let those things uh, get a hold of us. Uh, and I think if I can just give myself to this, uh, if I can just increase. Uh, I've had people who would volunteer to work overtime, especially uh, if it came on Wednesday night. And uh, they could say, well, Pastor, I couldn't be there. I, I had to work. And maybe sometimes you do, and I'm not casting uh, any stones if you too, but if it's a conscious thing that you're trying to do instead of trying to give yourself to the things of God, I wonder where our plan is. Where is God when we're trying to lay it all out? Have we decided that we'll row our own boat? Are we going to let God be the center of our life? second one said, well, I bought five yoke of oxen, and i got to go try them out. <coughs> now, I don't know whether you never tried those oxen before you decided to buy them. If you didn't, wonder why you shouldn't have, you know. I usually like to try some out, and I never bought any oxen. I'm not that old. I do remember Daddy having the old mules that we plowed, but that was as far as the only time I've ever actually seen oxen working in the field was when I made a trip to Ethiopia. And uh, they're at least 100 years behind us, and uh, they were still actually plowing with oxen. But, you know, if I was going to buy a car, I'd like to try it out. And my wife, hates to car shop with me because when I car shop, I car shop. Now, I don't like to shop. If I can get out of it, I don't go with my wife to Walmart. Now, if it's just we're in a strange place and she feels like I need to, and then sometimes I will and try to take me a book and sit somewhere and read, but uh, I, I just can't get any joy out of walking up and down the aisle and touching everything and ooh and an ah and over it. And, uh, you know, I tell my wife, you know you're not going to buy that. Why are you even looking at it? She said, well, you know, I like looking, and maybe someday I might want to buy it, and I'll know where it's at. So, well, you know, that don't make sense to me. If I want something, I go to that store that sells it. If I like their price, I'll buy it, or if I don't. But now if I'm buying a car, I go to every car dealer in town. My pastor taught me well. Brother Creel loved a car shop. We used to go car shopping when he had no intentions of buying a car. 
he just liked to go and see what kind of deal he could get. My wife said, I wear out five pair of shoes trying to buy a car, but uh, I like to go, and uh, when I'm going to buy it, I want to drive it. I want him to let me see what it's going to be like uh, if I drive that, because sometimes I've driven some of them, uh, and I take it back and say, no, I don't want that. that. That doesn't feel right to me. But this man, when it was time to go, and you know this supper compares of going to the Lord's Supper. You understand that. But this man, he said, no, i got to go try out my oxen. I bought them. i got to see how they plow. i got to see how they work together. You see, it was built around his own self, the business that he had. He wanted to try what belonged to him. It was all, if we're not careful, it can become all about me. And I become too important. And I become the thing that my life is focused around. Oh, God, help us that we come to the place that we can say, Oh, God, I want you to be the center of my life. I want you to direct me. I want my every moment, oh God, to be focused on your will. You know, people are always talking about the will of God, and we sometimes make the will of God sound so mysterious. It's almost like, well, you know, if I could, I've had people tell me, well, I've been trying for years to find the will of God. Well, I don't, I don't really believe that. I'm sorry. And I don't mean to be abrupt, but, uh, you know, Brother Creel taught me to just say it. If it's true, just lay it out there and say it. And uh, But uh, when people want to know the will of God, I tell them that's easy. Just get up today and do what God wants you to do today, and you're in the will of God. But we want to think about five years from now. We want to think about what's down the road. But, uh, oh, God, help us uh, that we won't wake up each morning uh, and say, God, uh, what can I do for your kingdom today? Uh, oh, God, uh, is there somebody uh, that you will bring into my life today? Uh, oh, Lord, let me cross the path uh, of someone today uh, that I can tell about you, uh, that I can share your love with them. But no, he said, I can't go. I can't be there. I got to go and enjoy what I have. And then that third one, what what a, an excuse he offered. <clears throat> he, he didn't really, he didn't ask to be excused. This one didn't. All of the other two did. This one didn't. He just said, I married a wife and therefore I can't come. Now, you speculate what you want to about that. How come just marrying a wife would keep you from going 
to the master supper. And, uh, but somehow to him, uh, that, that made all the difference in the world. And I, I don't know what his relationship to the wife that he married. I'm not going to get into that. Uh, but I am going to tell you that social ties uh, can rob you uh, of getting involved in the things of God. Uh, whether it be family uh, or whether it just be in the community itself, uh, there are relationships uh, that can keep you from being involved uh, in the things of God. Uh, that's why as pastors uh, we tell our young people, no, uh, you can't date outside of the church uh, because that relationship uh, will hinder their your relationship uh, with God. Uh, oh, I've heard all of the arguments. You've heard them. Uh, I'm going to win them to the Lord, uh, but seldom uh, does it ever work that way. Uh, but this young man said, uh, I just got married uh, and I can't do it. Uh, oh, God help us uh, that we don't allow relationships uh, in this world uh, to keep us from being involved uh, in the things of God uh, and giving ourselves to His work. No, in my years of pastoring, and I no longer pastor, but it's still hard to shake completely away from that. And I've had people call me and tell me, well, sometimes they don't even call, you know, especially, you know, when people have a good reason for not coming to church, they usually call you. If they don't, then uh, you find out after the fact. I know that's not you. I know all of you call Pastor Hughes and let him know ahead of time and so he doesn't have to worry. And uh, I know you do that. I just know you do. But, you know, I've had people tell me, well, you know, I can't come to church because uh, we got family coming from out of town and they're not in the church. And you're going to stay home with them and rob them of the one opportunity that they might would have had to be in the presence of God and the move of the Holy Spirit. And you say you want to win them to the Lord, but you let them see that you're unfaithful to the house of God for any little reason. Oh, no. We need to plan our whole life. It needs to be sold out. God, you're the center of my life. You're everything, God. Nothing is more important to you. you know, I've tried to tell people when they would tell me that, so what would happen if some of my family came from out of state? We pastored in Minnesota. All of our family that came to visit us had to come from out of state. So what happened if they came and some of them weren't in the church and I stayed on? So oh, that's different. You're the pastor. I said, well, my relationship to God and your relationship to God is no different. 
We both have to uh, give ourselves to the things of God. Uh, hey, uh, I'm telling you, uh, and there have been times uh, I have had out-of-state people uh, who visited us, uh, but it came time to go to church. Uh, and I just had to say, uh, if you forgive us, uh, we want you to come. You're welcome. Uh, but if they decline, I'd say, well, if you'll just forgive us, uh, we'll be back around such and such a time. Uh, and I didn't shut down church early. Uh, I didn't try to get away uh, because I want you to understand something. Uh, the move of God uh, and the plan of God uh, is more important in my life uh, than anything else that could happen. Uh, nothing uh, can be more important to you uh, than feasting uh, on the Word of God uh, and entering into the presence of God. But social ties. You know, some people on their job are kind of hesitant to let people know how dedicated they are to the Lord. Well, really, they do let them know by, by their action. Kind of, you know, I heard the story. Sure, it probably wasn't true, but it was a story. It said this man came in back in the early years of Pentecost and received the Holy Ghost. And uh, he was a, a logger. And so they went off by trade. They'd be gone for a week at a time. And the church was so concerned because that was considered a pretty group of uh, rough people that uh, worked in that field. And uh, they were concerned and prayed for him. He came back the next weekend and Somebody asked him, said, well, how'd you do? And he said, you know, said not one person found out I was a Christian. He thought he was doing good. Hey, I think our world needs to see something in us. Uh, hey, sometime uh, you may have to walk away from a conversation. Uh, I've had to get up and leave the dining room, uh, and that's all right. Uh, and you may have to. Uh, you may have to walk away from some situations. Uh, there may be some things that you just can't get involved with uh, on your job. Uh, there's going to come a time uh, you got to take a stand. But hey, I want you to know, being in the will of God and having God at the center of your life is more important than winning even your boss's approval or those around you. Somehow, i got to be sure that God is pleased with my life. I cannot come because I'm too involved with those around me. Now, I'm not as kind as Brother Hughes is. He's such a kind and gentle man. And I was trying to encourage a fellow to be in church one time some years ago. And he was one of those that would come every once in a while and lay out and, you know, You've seen people like that. And so I, I, was, I made a visit to his house, and I was trying to encourage him to be in church the next Sunday morning. And uh, 
He said, uh, Brother Alexander, he said, if I can't be there, I'll send my spirit. And I guess I should have let it go at that, but before I could think it over, it just popped out of my mind, my mouth, and I said, if you can't come, keep your nasty spirit at home with you. Probably was not the best thing to say. But, you know, he, he, he just had other things. <laughs> Another man, I was trying to encourage him to come to church with his family. His family was in the church, and uh, he didn't come to church. And uh, I was trying to get him to come. He said, well, you know, he said, uh, I do other things that you people don't do. And I said, well, I'm sure you do. And I was going to let it go at that. I was trying to be kind to him and uh, he said, you know, he said, while you're in church having church, uh, if an animal gets killed on the road, he said, uh, I'll go and pick it up and take it off. And said, you people don't know anything about it. And, and uh, he was excusing himself uh, because he thought uh, he was doing a good deed. And I'm not taking uh, away from doing a good deed. Uh, that's all well and good. Uh, but, oh, listen to me. Uh, there's something. Uh, that's more important uh, than just doing a good deed for society. Uh, there's something that's more important uh, than just being a good citizen. Uh, and I believe we should. Uh, we should be law-abiding citizens. Uh, I agree with all of that. Uh, but, oh, I'm saying tonight, uh, there's something uh, that's more important uh, than all of that. And it's making sure that God is at the center of my plan. Not wrong for you to make plans for tomorrow. Most of you have plans. But in the midst of making all of those plans, be sure that God is at the top of the list. You see, the situations that I read to you of and talked about tonight, in and of themselves, were not necessarily sin. It's not sinful for a man to look at land that he bought. It's not sinful for the other one to try oxen that he had bought. It wasn't even sinful for a man to get married. And I know in the Old Testament they said a man could stay home for 12 months and cheer up his wife. I haven't ever figured out exactly why she needed a year to be cheered up just because she got married. I'll let you figure that out. It wasn't wrong, and it's not wrong for there to be social ties and relationships. But the wrong came in when they were allowed to replace the invitation of the master to his supper. And there's a lot of things in our life that is 
not necessarily an in and of themselves wrong. But the wrong comes in is when they become more important to us than the things of God. When we would rather do that than to be about our Father's business. I used to do taxes and so got involved with financial things and <clears throat> used to teach some on seminars on budget planning and that thing. And I read a book, I believe it was by a man by the name of Blue. He suggested that you take your check register for a year and look at it and make categories of all the things you've written checks for. And he said, you will see what's most important to you by what you've spent your money on. And the thing, same thing applies. The thing that becomes the most important to us is what we will seek after what we will give ourselves to. Oh, I know there's always going to be people who misunderstand. And (laughs) when we moved to Minnesota and started a church and door knocking, people would find out we had church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Thursday night. And they were used to a Lutheran church that met on Sunday morning, and that was it. And they say, man, you people go to church that much in a week? I said, well, that's just the usual. There's special services flown in there, too, that we, we get involved in and do. And uh, So I, I just can't see myself doing that. Well, it's not all, and I'm not saying it's all, and just in going to the house of God, and yet that's so important. But every day of our life should be given to seeing God, what would you have me do today? How can I be used in the kingdom of God? What would you want me to do? He gave us the example of how to pray when he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he said, not my will, but thine be done. Matthew six thirty-two through 34 said, for after all these things, Jesus talked about things in life. Do the Gentiles seek? But your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. He knows what we need. He understands that there are needs in our life. But he also knows he's there to take care of us. But where is God?
and your plan for today and tomorrow. Don't project it five years down the road. But in all of your planning for tomorrow, where does God fit into that plan? 